Welcome to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire and I am the uh, the lone podcaster today. Uh, Matt Mel and Tammy were unable to join me, so I managed to get the most awesome guest ever uh, to replace them. Uh, today I will be talking to the production designer for the Marvel Netflix shows, Lauren Weeks. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Claire. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm so happy, as I was just telling you, that you were able to come on Um yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the the design of these shows is such a big part of them. It's definitely one of the highlights for me. And I'm a big um, kind of production design nerd because I actually studied set design originally when I was at university. So I'm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm always kind of like looking at things and going, "Oh, that's so cool with the lighting," you know. Um, yeah. So I'm so pleased to talk to you. We've been very lucky and spoken to. Um, some of the writers, the actors before, but I've I've always really wanted to talk to someone from the design point of view of the show. Oh, good. Happy to be here. Oh, brilliant. Congratulations on the success of the shows because they've been so successful and the the feedback, the reviews I've read have been amazing, um, like bigger, I think, than anyone could have anticipated. So honestly, congratulations to you and your whole team. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I think I think we've been uh equally not surprised but but um i think these shows have have garnered attention and and mm-hmm. you know um critical acclaim that we just um i don't think we we realized we we would be getting so we're all extremely pleased and very proud to be part of all of these shows definitely and i'll i'll tell you something i've told some of the um the actors and the writers I've spoken to previously is that I'm a big, big Daredevil fan. I've been collecting the comics since I was uh, about 10. Um, I have issue number one uh-huh. on my wall right now. And I always said to myself, I will get a Daredevil tattoo when there is a, uh, a an adaptation of it worthy. And I didn't get uh-huh. one for the, the Ben Affleck film, but I did get one for the this show. That's how good I think it is. And I'm a hardcore fan. So. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> um, so I got some questions from uh, our listeners okay. we'll go into in a bit. But first of all, I wanted to ask you sort of a question that I, I ask everyone, which is, were you sort of very knowledgeable about the, the characters or the comics before you started working on the shows? Or was there any particular like comic book characters you were a fan of? Um, yes. Um, well, first off, when uh, yeah, I was a comic book fan as a, as a kid uh, growing up in Marvel was my comic book brand. Um, you know, I started off with DC, and then when I got a little older, I discovered Marvel. It's like, you know, no more DC. I only read Marvel. And like you, Daredevil was one of my favorite characters. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my brother and I both, he was like, just for whatever reason, we really loved Daredevil. So when I got that first opportunity <laughs> to interview for Daredevil, and yeah. there's no guarantee, you know, I'd be doing anything beyond you know, there's no guarantee I had that job, much less the others. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just beside myself. You know, I was like, I really felt a little bit like a kid. It was, it was <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but um, I got the job. So, you know, from there, um, it's been an amazing ride. So, were you trying to play it cool in that interview? I did. I usually try <laughs> to play it cool, but I was. I have to say, I was uh, almost a little giddy. So, um, but I, I, you know, I was familiar with. Um, Luke Cage. I'd read Luke Cage uh, and Iron Fist. Uh, Jessica Jones was the only one I was not familiar with. But when I heard about this series coming to New York, um, and I knew I wanted to try to 
you know, to at least a, a interview for the job, I went out and bought fresh comics for all the guys, you know, and so I, I got to got familiar with Jessica Jones too. So going into the interview, I, I understood who everyone was. Oh, okay. Was was it when you were approached for like an interview just out of interest? Obviously, when I know when the actors would read for parts, um, they wouldn't know necessarily what the show was. So I don't know if they were given like the uh, the shooting title of like Daredevil was Bluff. Was that was that something that Marvel was quite secretive as well when you went in for the or when you found out about the interview or were they pretty much upfront? This is going to be Daredevil. They were upfront. No, I knew it was Daredevil. I knew it was a Marvel. Um, I read. I guess I had, I think the first two scripts I read going into the, before going into the interview. Okay. Those, those first two episodes, I think are probably yes. my favorite. Episode two of season one is my favorite. I, I cried in the first yeah, five minutes the of the first scene, episode. Right? Oh, amazing. And also um, just the relationship between him and his father, I think is, is beautifully done in those two episodes. Um, really, really good. Yeah. I have, yeah. um, I really sort of wanted to know like about what you knew about the comics because obviously I imagine that's quite a challenge because you must have had like some preconceived ideas of what these characters' environments looked like then going into the job, sort of knowing a bit about them. Um, did that? Did you find that that sort of came into it at all? Um, when I going into it, having reading the script, the first thing that came to my mind in terms of imagery were the Bendis Maliv series. Mm-hmm. You know, I that gritty noirish look that they created in in that series, and that's what I was hoping this would be. Um, and luckily, Stephen tonight, the show showrunner, also uh, referenced that, and you know, referenced uh, films from the seventies like French Connection and all, and and you know, uh, uh, would say things like, you know, we we see this more like a crime drama, like The Wire, rather than mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a comic book kind of show. So I had, luckily I had, that's the way I saw it. So that's part of the reason I think I got the job was that we, we understood that together as, as kind of a visual uh, identity to the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. What would be the the one thing, would you say, out of the whole experience, this is kind of something I like I like to ask most people, of, of all the shows that you're particularly proud of in terms of all of the design work you did? There's a lot to be proud of, by the way, but I'm just asking what would be the first one. Well, I think right now um, I am proud of all the work we've done. Mm -hmm. And I've got an amazing crew uh, that has most of whom have been here from the very, from Daredevil. Um, You know, set decorator and Allison Froling, who did Daredevil, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, Um, Tony Barton, who is my art director Mm -hmm. on all of them. um, Pat Walker is my charge scenic. She's been with me on all of these. So, you know, you, you're only as good as the crew you've got. And they've been able to just really bring it home. So in terms of, so I'm proud of all the work we've done. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's sort of like each one has offered unique opportunities, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Murdoch's apartment and Nelson and Murdoch, both sets are really, really like, all right, to get to you, point of your question which one do i it's sort of my favorite right now okay um i would think luke cage right now okay but then you haven't seen you haven't seen iron fist yet so yeah <laughs> oh it's such, I I, I, yeah, so there, there, there are some nice sets in the iron fist i'll tell you that uh, stuff we're really proud of 
But Luke Cage, oh, he's particularly proud of um, both the barbershop, Pops Barbershop, yeah. and the nightclub, Harlem Paradise, because I'd never done a set like that before. Yeah. And it just came, it just kind of took on its own life and its own character. And, you know, my, my sets always turn out pretty much the way I envision them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a life of their own, and they just, it's like everything comes together all the elements and you're like, you know, it turns out better than you hoped. And that was one of those. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I think like the Harlem, the Harlem Paradise set is incredible. And I think we, we got talking about it on Twitter because I'd seen an article that said it was kind of like based on an, an existing one. And then I posted that. And I think that's how we got talking. Cause you were like, no, 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 we, we built that. And I was like, that's even more amazing. Um, yeah. Although I think um, myself and my co-hosts are now like, oh, we can't go and visit it. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> I would love. To I've heard a lot of. Out. I've heard a, heard heard a lot of. I've heard a lot of people tell me um, uh, they wanted to go visit yeah. the club. Um, so no, sorry, it's it, it's uh, it sits in a soundstage. <laughs> um, also, you mentioned like um, Matt's apartment and Nelson and Murdoch. Um, I I really love the set for um, Matt's apartment in particular. I think that's one of my favorites uh, because I love I love the fact that it looks. I think there was a lot of cool design stuff you guys did with it. I love like the kitchen counter is like um, almost like like a, a cheaper wood. You can see the grain of the wood like it's just been built together because he's right. not going to care about stuff like that, like how it looks, like you know having like a polished marble or anything. Right. Um, Right. Not just because of his vision impairment, but because he's 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 got bigger things on his mind. Um, I love like the little details like that. I love. Uh, I don't know whose idea it was, but to have the the big billboard outside the window because it means you've always got that light coming in, and obviously that's kind of hard of how you're going to light this this apartment, particularly if he might be the only character in there because he's not going to go in and switch on all the lights and everything. Um, correct. Correct. So I thought that was a really really cool choice. Well, that was that was actually uh, uh, scripted originally. Okay. Um, you know, the, f- the first two episodes were written by Drew Goddard, mm-hmm. who was going to be the showrunner, and then he left and Stephen took over. So that was something in the script that we had to address. Um, uh, you know, that's part of the re- it was sort of the justification of why he had the apartment he had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the original script it was probably envisioned as something a little more contemporary and and sleek and modern. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there t- I remember in an early meeting discussing that set and um, Joe Quesada said, I, I recall him saying he wanted it iconic and Stephen DeKnight felt like he wanted it in sort of an old industrial building. So I felt like it should be on the top floor of this building because how does he get in and out when he's doing yeah. his rounds? You know, how does, you know, I wanted to think about that. I didn't want him just climbing out a window. It just seemed kind of, <laughs> Uh, you know, non-heroic in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I pictured them on the upper floor of this, this old garage, this old storage warehouse. So you see the big wooden trusses in there and they kind of, they kind of go, they go up at a slant, um, at a pitch. I sort of saw them as like flying buttresses in a way. Mm-hmm. And they went up to a two-story space with a clear story, which has all kinds of different colored panes of glass in there. Yeah. And then he had a stare that took him up. And I, I saw, always saw that stare as a metaphor for his transition between Matt Murdock and Daredevil. So those were sort of the elements that I wanted to bring into play on that. So um, that's kind of how that, you know, 
that's that came about. as well, like like you were saying about the flying buttresses um, and the you know the, like the coloured glass, and both of which, like to, I mean to me, evoke the cathedral, which is really like ties exactly. into the character exactly. of Catholicism, yeah, which is is really um, a really interesting choice um, because that is I d- I don't all the way through the character. Yeah, I don't often go with. Uh, I, you know, I don't try to create a metaphor for sets, mm-hmm. but sometimes I feel like they present themselves. And to me, that whole Catholicism element of Matt Murdock was important. And mm-hmm. so, granted, I think it's very subtle. I hope it's subtle, but those were kind of the thoughts going into that. Also, in, in season one, there's a light over his table, which is from a a, a parish. Um, if oh, you wow. look, if you find a frame of it. You look at there's little crosses on this around the perimeter. Oh, that's awesome! I'm gonna I'm gonna look out for it now. I'll uh, try and find like a screen cap and put it on our um, on our Facebook. Yeah, uh, so everyone can see it. Apparently that's didn't awesome. didn't make it, apparently didn't make it to season two, so you only see it in season one. Uh, it prob well knowing Matt Murdock and his apartment, it probably got smashed. <laughs> you know, his whole exactly. Apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, he instincted so- it. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I mean, yeah, everything in that apartment's I think been smashed at some point. Um, yes. One of my favorite um, sets, again from Daredevil. Maybe it's because I'm just a Daredevil fan. Um, but one of my favorite sets is um, Melvin Potter's workshop, which must have been oh, a really good. fun. Yeah. And it, it kind of ties in with one of the questions we had from one of our listeners, which is, do you? I mean, obviously you are a fan of the comics anyway. So with that kind of set, it must be fun to fill it with like little Easter eggs. But do you also oh, get yeah. a lot of people on the crew like going, hey, you know what would be really cool is if we put Stiltman's legs in the corner? Like, do you get a lot of suggestions like that? Not not from a lot of the crew. I mean, in this case, um, Stiltman's legs was a suggestion from our prop master, Mike, um, uh, Michael Jortner. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his idea. So... Um, you, you know, a lot of the Easter eggs, sometimes the Easter eggs come from Marvel and it, usually it's because it's something that's to lay groundwork for something down the road, mm-hmm. either in that series or the following series. So a lot of those fun ones like Stiltman and all either come from my crew in the art department or like the prop, property master. Um, we all kind of love to play around with that and mm-hmm. figure out what we can throw in there. And all that has to get approved by you send it all mm-hmm. all up the ladder and have it approved <laughs> well um i know i I love the fact that the stiltman legs were in that episode and i keep saying to yeah. rob yeah. morgan who plays turk i'd like you know turk wore those in the comics once you know and they exist in the show we just need to see turk breaking into potter's workshop That's... and stealing the stiltman legs i actually think in one of the first episodes of um in Melvin Potter's workshop, there's an earlier version of the stilt legs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it showed up on camera or not, but they were much more clunky, you know. Okay. And then we then we brought in a, a little more refined version and dressed in the background. Oh, excellent. I'll have to keep an eye out for that as well. Um, another one of the things that um, one of our listeners kind of pointed out um, after watching Luke Cage, which was a really nice detail I wanted to mention, was the, um, the chain link wallpaper in Luke's bathroom yeah um, I thought yeah. that was like such a great little touch and very subtle I didn't notice it when I watched it because I was kind of busy watching it making notes um, but uh, I thought that was a really nice little touch and um, like a little nod to his his chains obviously he wears in the comics yes um, our, that was Alison Froling found that wallpaper 
um, <laughs> when I saw it, it's like, okay, we just got to do this. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't care if anyone catches it or not. You know, a lot of times we do this stuff, I think, in, in part just to tickle ourselves, you know, so. Um, and so, you know, you have to put it in there because it's just layer, layering, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's subtle and you don't, you, I'm sure most people never caught it. For one thing, I mean, it just wasn't in focus very much, you know, Yeah. and you're not, yeah. you're not sitting there watching that for that stuff. I mean, some people do. I mean, that's why we put it in there. Right. So for those, those fans who are looking for that kind of stuff. I, I try and notice as much as I can, just so we can do like, um, I can give my co-host some Easter eggs about the episode and you know if certain characters are mentioned and things like that um i should mention as well my co-hosts have only seen up to episode two of luke cage because they watch one episode a week so there's a lot of oh. chances for me to tease them about stuff that's going to happen that probably won't happen <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot of fun for me um I, I i've got another easter egg i'll tell you i was going to post this oh, cool. on twitter and i probably still will but i'll tell you about it okay. um Look in Cottonmouth's office. Okay. Um, there's a lamp by the round window. Mm-hmm. Um, the base of that lamp is a snake. Oh, nice. Okay. And again, that's one of those things, Allison, our decorator, when she's shopping, she, she showed, you know, we're looking at stuff to put in. Mm-hmm. And she showed me those lamps. And I'm going, how can you not do that? You've got to put it in there. I thought one of the great choices as well with, with Cottonmouth, um, I, I imagine this is more down to, to Stephanie Maslansky, Mizla- is it Maslansky? Maslansky, uh, yeah. Um, is in Cottonmouth's first appearance, he's wearing like this suit and it's a very dark green, which when I saw it, mm-hmm. it just seemed so snaky and reptilian. I just thought it was a great yeah. choice as well. Um, and again, very, very yeah. special, you know. Um, yeah, so- I, I think she does the same thing. She looks for those little comic references, little subtle and you know trying to re- trying to always respect the material you know yeah um, I think that's one of the things as well across the board um, I found with with everyone that's worked on the shows because you have obviously Marvel uh, like running it it's there's a there's a respect to the source material that you don't always get with um, adaptations of like comic book stories if, it, if they're done without you know the um like a, like say a Marvel or a DC involved, um, you can tell that everyone agree, on board yeah. really respects the characters, even if there's changes made um, to the characters or the stories. Um, like for instance, Elektra's death in Daredevil season two, not being uh, Bullseye that killed her, but it makes sense for the story and it's still respecting right. um, the the feel of it. It's making it work for for this story, you know. And I I really right. sense you get a feel of that. Everyone really really loves these characters it's great I, I think they do i mean a lot of people are on the show love the comic book characters not all of them do but i think they've grown to not all not all, not everybody came into this mm-hmm. with that kind of love for the characters but have grown to really appreciate um you know the history of them and and the the devotion of the fans to them you know mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, I kind of noticed with, I don't know if you can answer this, in terms of Daredevil, like I noticed in Jessica Jones, a lot of the the scenes, are, um, there's almost like a purple filter to a lot of stuff or like a blue filter, um, which obviously fits in with the character of Kilgrave. But there's a lot of yellow in Daredevil. There's a lot of times where it's yellow light coming through. Um, and I just wondered if that was like a conscious thing. Yes. That that was going to be because obviously we've got the, the 
dark credit sequences. We've got Daredevil, which is red, and we've got Jessica Jones, which is purple, and Luke Cage is yellow, and I'm imagining Iron Fist might be green. But I was just wondering about that that conscious decision for so much sort of yellow lighting in that show. In Daredevil. Um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, I don't know how many. That was Matt Lloyd, uh, our cinematographer on, on Daredevil season one. Um, the, the justification for that is the old streetlights, the old mm-hmm. um, sodium vapor streetlights, which cast a yellowish tinge okay. um, around them. And you know, whether Matt was doing that specifically as a nod to Daredevil Yellow, I don't know. Um, I know that wherever I could, I tried to keep red out of, out of the environment unless mm-hmm. it was related to Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, both red and yellow. So, um, you know, I, so I can't really answer for Matt whether that was a, a nod or not. I think it was more, I think it had more to do with the type of lighting he was um, suggesting outside the windows and all. It's, um, I think one of the things it does is it really makes, it makes it difficult sometimes to, to work out what is a, um, a real location and what has been built which I'm imagining is good is what you want. You know, that's, you know, that's, um, yes. you know, cause I, the first time I saw Matt's apartment in Daredevil and like Jessica Jones's office, I was like, is that like, is it, they've just found like an empty, you know, I don't know. And that's, I think, great. The fact that we can't tell. Well, that's, I think what we strive for, for sure, for sure is, um, you know, you want people to be sucked into the TV reality. Um, mm-hmm. so you don't want them bumping between say a location and a, and a set because that takes you out of the reality. It takes you out of the, the flow of the narrative. So yeah, that's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that. It's one of the things, um, we actually mentioned on, a, um, I was talking to friends about, we were watching an episode of the X-Files, like a, an old episode and they, they used the, um, the back lot of, um, of, uh, Universal Studios a lot in, um, California which is very recognizable because it shows uh-huh. up everywhere and it just completely took you out of the episode because all of a sudden you're like oh hi yeah. Universal Studios <laughs> um so it's definitely yeah. very jarring and it's um it's always amazing to me when you it's the same thing as like um special effects as well when I spoke to Chris Brewster about the fighting yes. when you don't know if it's the stunt double or if it's the actor when you can't tell then everyone's done their job properly I think that's great uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, so one of the other questions I had was, uh, was it a bigger challenge on Luke Cage going into that show? Because it's in a completely different area, obviously, of New York. You're in Harlem. You're not in Hell's Kitchen. And there's a very different feel uh, to the show, I think, than the, the previous two shows. Did you find that like much of a challenge? No, actually, it was very helpful. Um, in a way, it was less challenging than, say, Jessica Jones. Um, going from Daredevil to Jessica Jones. Daredevil, you know, I think we we really established a dark, gritty, uh, a bit stylized look for Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones was a little more difficult to kind of find the visual identity. I felt it was a little more difficult to find the visual identity because even though she lives in Hell's Kitchen, her investigation takes her all over the city. Yeah. You know, she can be anywhere. Um, and then she's got Trish, who's a friend, and Trish, you know, is not not supremely wealthy, but she's very well off and very accomplished. So, you know, that was I actually found that one a little more difficult 
and sort of feeling like I was giving it a different look. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Cage, because we're in Harlem, Harlem really set the visual tone. And, it, you know, you just, I think we all just tended to follow suit. So um, it was it was really refreshing to do Luke Cage because we could introduce a lot more color yeah. and a lot more life to the scenes. And I think that was, you know, we're still going for that gritty look. We're still, you know, it's New York, it's Marvel's New York, and it's, you know, the criminal elements of gritty element. But it also enabled, just freed us up a little bit with the color color choices. I'm just uh, looking at the time. Obviously, we said about 30 minutes, and we've got about three minutes until that. Uh, did you want to stick okay. to that? I, I'm okay if you want to go a little bit long. I, no, I can go a little I bit longer. I could chat too. with you all day, honestly, so I'm perfectly happy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've got some more questions, so if you don't mind going a bit over, if that's okay. Sure. okay. No problem. Brilliant. Um, yeah, there's no problem. One of the questions that actually came uh, from a friend of ours who does another podcast on the Defenders show. This is at Defenders TV TV podcast. Um, John, he asked, how did it feel to see Pop's um, Pop shop like destroyed in episode two when you built that spent so long <laughs> on a set? How does it feel to see the set destroyed, whether it's part of the story or sort of torn down at the end? Well, I tell you, um, some some of your viewers who may follow me on Twitter, I mm-hmm. I posted a picture of the storefront being all shot to pieces, <laughs> and and captioned it just normally they wait till the last episode to destroy my set, <laughs> you know. Um, I you know the first I I've just got you know I've, I had to give into it, you know. Yeah. Plus they they went and they stick and and Matt tore up his apartment and then. Jessica and Simpson tore up her apartment and you know it's just by the time I got to Luke Cage um it's like you know go ahead guys whatever <laughs> whatever you need to you do know what's coming. <laughs> I give up I give up and they continue to do it I you know so what, what can you do it's, it's a Marvel then. story exactly yeah when you've got all these characters that are either like brawlers like Luke and Jessica or yes. like, you know doing martial arts like um, Matt and uh, Danny Rand, it's going to happen. Right. It frankly shouldn't be a surprise to me, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> I um, I love Pop's um, Pop shop as well. That's the, the design of that. I, I honestly thought that was like a real place. <laughs> um, wait, yeah, wait, wait you I... dropped out there. I didn't, I didn't, you dropped oh, out. I didn't hear that. Sorry. I just said, I, I really love um, the design for, for Pop's as well. And I actually genuinely oh. thought that was the real place. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that worked out really, really well in terms of going from inside to outside. Um, yeah. and that, you know, I give, give Manuel Bilitar, our cinematographer, a lot of credit for that. It's lighting. Um, mm-hmm. you can't really tell the difference. You know, we did a, we did a piece on location, which was just the front, the stoop and everything, the sign, and mm-hmm. maybe just a, about 15 feet within the store. And then the rest of it, you know, we built on stage with a matching piece outside the window. Um, and we, we did that, you know, it was very important to Cheo that the barbershop was on street level because mm-hmm. the barbershop acts as a social, kind of a social club, social network. People come in hang out. So it was very important to be on street level. The trouble with building a set in a stage that's on the street is you can't do the tra- traffic. Mm-hmm. And you, so we approached that by trying to find a storefront that stepped down from the sidewalk, yeah. um, which we did. And then we added the wall 
that blocks the view. We added that, changed the steps a little bit, and cheated it a little bit on stage so it was just a little another step or two lower than it was on location so that okay. when you're inside looking out the wall and the and the fact that it steps down take you enough below street level that you can't see the cars going by so Again, that was well as long as you've got the sound i mean it's you know the sound sound of and lighting a lot of that. Mm-hmm. and the lighting you'll see a lot of sort of reflections passing across the wall which was all done by some guy with a you know a bounce or a mirror or something so oh it's so cool <laughs> it's so cool it worked well um, it really worked well yeah it re- i mean really does i'm gonna be like looking out for stuff now but I, yeah i just so I now it's gonna that. ruin it for you no not at all i just i would just be watching it going oh that's so cool <laughs> um so i wanted to ask as well was there i mean you spoke a little bit about with jessica jones like giving it a different feel to to Daredevil, was there like a, a particular challenge on each of the shows that kind of stands out to you? Um, like, I guess for the other two shows, um, if that was the biggest challenge for Jessica Jones? Well, in, in each of the shows after Daredevil, I think the biggest challenge is how do you give it its own look while keeping it visually uh, mm-hmm. relatable to the previous series? Because all four of these characters are in the same New York City. Um, and, you know, that's mm-hmm. a combination of, I think it's a combination of the production design, the lighting design, the costume design, all those things help to give it its own identity. Um, but, you know, trying to keep it anchored in that, in, in, in Marvel's New York. So that, that I think is the main challenge mm-hmm. of all, each of these shows. Okay. Um, a question from my co-host, Matt. He wanted to know if it, there is any real alcohol in the bar set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's all colored colored water. <laughs> I, I figured <laughs> um, because we were saying you could get like a, a sponsorship deal from, particularly in Jessica Jones, for like brands of whiskey and things. You know, just have it in uh, in well, play. Well, I mean, we did, um, we did we did have some so... alcohol that was real, and and you know. Um, I, don't, I forget if they were product placed or or what, but um, but we can't keep any real booze on the set. It wouldn't wouldn't be there for very long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> um, so you've kind of given us a couple already, but I wanted to ask anyway. Are there any other details you can think of that no one has noticed yet in terms of the the design? Um, which one? Any of them? Just anything that comes to mind. Oh, any of them? Um, yeah, any of them? Yeah. Um, You've already given us a few, so I'm really yeah, happy I, about I post, that. Yeah, I posted <laughs> a few of Daredevil on on Twitter, um, and I'm slowly working my way through Jessica Jones and, and Luke Cage. Um, well, let's see. Here's another one I, I posted. There's a in Jessica Jones. There's a time where she's drinking whiskey, and it's um, I forget the name of it, but it's a Canadian something and it's Tony it comes from a Tony from a Iron Man comic book oh yeah okay oh yes actually it's from the um demon in a bottle yes I think that's it I think I think a friend of mine noticed that she's a big Iron Man fan yeah that's such a cool little detail and that's something I definitely wouldn't have picked up on like watching the show but um I know a lot of like big Iron Man fans picked up on that that's an awesome and then 
one of my favorites, one of my favorites, this was uh, scripted. It's in Melvin Potter's workshop. You know, did you ever notice a gladiator poster? In yes. There? Yeah. And it, it's sort of the colors okay. of the, the costume, isn't it? Um, I think. I can't remember. <laughs> might be. Might be. Might be. That is based on a Daredevil um, cover. Okay. Where he's fighting fighting Gladiator. Yep. And it was the the illustrator is um, I think it's Mazu Kelly. Oh yeah. And it was. Yeah, let's see, where is he? Is, I have a, I have a framed copy of it right here. Oh, wow. Because I I was so and I want to get him to sign <laughs> if I can <laughs> find him at Comic Con or something. I think it's issue two two six. Anyway, it's it's an exact. Not exact, but but uh, that that was the inspiration for the Gladiator poster. Oh, that's great! I I love all the little hints, you know, like little nods to the Gladiator, like you know the saw blades lying around and the blueprints of his costume. Yeah, that's great. And um, do you sort of try? And yeah, get... we had a great time with that. Oh, it's it's one of my favorites. It's so much fun. Um, do you try and get to the Comic Cons then? I mean, obviously as, as a fan, but also to go and sort of see people um, that you know there. Um, I was not able to make it this last one. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the, the previous two uh, in New York. Yeah. Um, but this last one I was not, not able to make, and I'm really disappointed because the entire cast of the Defenders was there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. One of my listeners was there uh, as well, and I was I was very jealous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, fantastic. She said the, the atmosphere was like, electric you know when they were showing that's what i heard yeah, yeah just seeing them all in the same place and i think it was the first time like mike coulter had met um had met finn so yeah like yes. it would have been great to be there i re- i remember when uh you know the comic con of a couple of years back when daredevil was was they had the daredevil season one panel and yeah premiere and i just i was just floored by the enthusiasm and the excitement mm-hmm. and you know they show this clip and the audience just went wild, and I just knew we 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 that we were giving them the daredevil they wanted. Yeah, yeah. And that was very exciting. You know, you felt very proud to be part of that. He's definitely been like a kind of C-list character for a lot of years, even though he's one of the older characters. And I, I mean, I, you know, my, my when I grew up, like my friends were really into Spider-Man, but I don't know, I just loved Daredevil, so. You know, it's kind of yeah. like I have that thing that you probably have as well, which is like, see, I told you, Daredevil's awesome. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so one last question I had for you. Well, actually, uh, well, sure. sort of question, because you are a fan of the comics, and I've asked this to a few people, is obviously this year um, the movie Civil War came out. Were you on Team Captain America or Team Iron Man? Oh, Team Captain America. Oh, I'm high-fiving you through Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I never really thought about it. I thought, how can you not be on Team Captain America? Yeah. It's one of the things I, I really would love to see at some point. I mean, I think everyone wants to see a crossover between, like, the Avengers and the Defenders. I just want to see yeah. I want to see Matt Murdock with Tony Stark. <laughs> I right? Just want, I want, yeah, I just want to see those two interact. Yeah, I'm waiting for it. I know, I know. It would be so amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it'll ever happen. You know? Oh, fingers crossed. But that would be it. That would be amazing. That yeah. Would definitely. Yeah. Just those two. I'm there. Would be great. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, 
So I wanted to obviously ask, I mean, we usually ask as well um, people that I talk to, like what sort of projects do you have coming up? But obviously, I guess you're very busy at the moment. Um, I know Iron Fist has finished filming, but you're very busy, I imagine, prepping for the Defenders because that goes into production at the end of this year. Yeah, I can't really talk about that. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but do you have anything else coming up that you sort of wanted to mention? No, well, you can mention, I should say. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this has been like two and a half years of my life right yeah. now. Um, I've gone from one show right into the next. Uh, and, you know, with overlapping and, and just, it's been nuts. I've, I've but, um, you know, when I started this, I, I hoped to be able to do all of them. Mm-hmm. And... They've been rough, you know, after Daredevil, it was really exhausting, but I really wanted to do Jessica's. We, that worked out. I was very happy about that. And then I was feeling like, oh, maybe I've, maybe I've had enough, but then it's like, but it's Luke Cage. How can I not, you know, how can I not do Luke Cage? He's like one of the coolest ones at all. Is this one more? And then it's like, well, Iron Fist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do. So, you know, it's been, it's been an amazing opportunity um, to do all of these. So, yeah, it, it's very so that, yeah, I don't have anything, I don't have anything else coming up because I've been busy doing these for the past two and a half years. Sure. So. <laughs> I wanted to, um, I'm definitely going to put a post on our Twitter and Facebook to your website because I was having a look and, um, you know, um, on top of like the, uh, the, the photos of the, the Netflix shows, there's a lot of your other work there as well that people can look at. Um, but yep. in particular, if you know, if uh, our listeners want to get like a really good look and just stare at the awesomeness that is like some of the sets, there's some really great photos on there. I love the one of Matt's apartment I was kind of looking at. And obviously, when you see it moving on the, the show, there's things you don't really have a proper look at. So I was looking at that and noticing right, the details. Right. So I'm definitely going to cool. speak to that as well. Good. And like all of our listeners should um, definitely follow you on Twitter um, because it, you're very active on Twitter and um, it sounds like you have, you, you know, you like a lot of interaction with, um, with the fans, which is great. Um, so yeah. And you're L weeks design, I think on Twitter, aren't you? Correct. At L Correct. Weeks design. Correct. Yeah. So all of our listeners should yes. definitely follow you. And, and my website is laurenweeks.com. Laurenweeks.com. You, they, yeah. you know, there, yeah. And there's set photos on there of the series so far. And, I'm, you know, um, um, plus some of the other shows I've done in the past. Yeah, you worked for, um, was it five seasons on Gossip Girl? Yes, I did the pilot and then did five seasons. Before. Wow. And then after that, there was only a half season left. So. Oh, okay. I, I hate that. I've never seen an episode of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Quite all right. You know, it's, it was a particular kind of audience. <laughs> I'm so. too busy watching um, Marvel stuff and making notes on that and watching movies the rest of the time <laughs> and reading comics. <laughs> um, thank you. So yeah, I know much. it's, it's tough now to keep keeping up with everything. I mean, I I, there's so many great shows of fantasy yeah. and sci-fi and all. I'm just, I just started Westworld and it's beautiful. Oh, it's you amazing! Know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, the production it's, design of that is just fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm really so. looking forward to um, uh, Legion as well because it's, oh, me too. Um, I, it's a character I'm not that familiar with. Like obviously part of the X-Men, but just the showrunners like Noah Hawley who did Fargo, which the, the Fargo shows I, I thought were incredible. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And visually, it looks really interesting as well. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. I don't actually know when it's coming out, though. But uh, I heard that had a really good reception at Comic-Con as well. 
Cool. One yeah, day I'll make too. it to New York Comic Con. <laughs> all right. Well, be sure to reach out when you do, all right? I definitely will. Well, last year I was very lucky enough to go uh, meet up with some of my friends, and we did go and uh, pose outside the real-life Nelson and Murdoch and, you know, do thumbs up, and we went for a drink in Josie's bar, cool. so that was very cool. We actually saw them filming Jessica Jones <laughs> as well in Central Park, so that was pretty cool as well. We just have oh, to how fun. Walk across yeah. It. yeah. Um, so, yeah, next time uh, I definitely want to go and visit some of the other places you know that's been featured in the show some of the locations um, but yeah i'll definitely reach out because you know we can grab coffee or something and talk about comic books some more absolutely <laughs> thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your oh my your pleasure day. claire thank you and i'll um send uh, you a message too. when i'm posting the episode as well uh great thank well, you very thanks much. so much bye right. take care bye thank you for listening you can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Defenders Podcast or on Twitter at Defenders Pod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it. And you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!